Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey everybody, this is Shane, the host of From the Shadows podcast. I'm here tonight with uh, the super producer, Jason. What's up, Jason? Oh, I'm doing all right. Greetings, everybody. How about you, Shane? How are you doing? You know, if I was doing any better, there should there, there'd have to be two of me to be able to stand. <laughs> I mean, that's just, just the way it is, man. That's doing you know? good. All right, that's doing really good. And I don't, I, I don't want to brag, so I'll stop right there. All right, how good, how good I'm doing. But you know, why I'm really doing good is tonight's episode, this morning's episode, this afternoon's episode. Whenever you're listening, um, I think we're calling it. Cameron Jones 2.0. That sounds right. That's it. Cameron. So, so to our loyal listeners, you'll remember we had Cameron Jones on not too not too long ago, uh, a couple episodes back, yeah. and it was a uh, it was basically a Mothman episode. Yes, we talked yes, about the uh, the legendary creature from Point Pleasant, and um, when we got done and got off the air. You know, we got to talking to Cameron a little bit, and he's like, hey, you know, I've got UFO stories, I've got Bigfoot stories, and I've got ghost stories. And, you know, if somebody's going to throw down the gauntlet like that, we're going to call him on the carpet. You know, we're going to make him come back. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what we did. And I'll tell you what, Jason, you know. It was awesome. it, it was. I won't. I dare. I say it was as good or better than the than the Mothman episode. Yeah, we got the number two Mothman guy in the world, and then he's telling us that he had more information on basically all the things that we hold dear to our heart. So naturally, we were going to have him back. Like I told him off air, I said uh, I'm going to have you back. Either willingly, or you're going to drag, be dragged back <laughs> kicking and screaming. Either way, you're coming back, buddy. <laughs> and, um, and and just as a teaser, he had some great, great ghost stories. And I thought, man, if he doesn't have anything else um, than these ghost stories, we're, we're, this is, this is going to be a great episode. Wait till you hear the UFO story. Oh, I'm not yes. going to say anything more, but it was it's fantastic. So... Um, so we were so glad that Cameron had time to come back and uh, do another episode with us. So um, we're happy to share that with you tonight. And before we uh, before we get that episode going, we just want to thank everybody who's been tuning in, sharing, um, because our, our our numbers are just unbelievable. 
And I we keep saying that, but it, it blows our mind every time we see the download numbers and we see the, the views on YouTube and how, you know, every week there's five to 10 people joining the after the shadows discussion group on Facebook. We have new members of the from the shadows podcast, Facebook page, uh, the Instagram page every day. There's five to 10 new people. Indeed. Join it up. I mean, it's, it blows my mind. I mean, it blows my mind. And, uh, you know, so we encourage everybody. I mean, if you're listening, there's no reason why you're not a member of After the Shadows or Instagram page from the Shadows podcast, because those are, you know, every day we're putting something up there to either make you think uh, or make you laugh or, uh, you know, a lot of our, our uh, members, especially on After the Shadows, are putting up some cool, uh, cool stories and, and cool, funny things. So we love the uh, we love all the camaraderie I think from our community that we're kind of building, and um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and along with that, if you have some stories or there, you have stuff that you want to uh, want us to check out, like if there's a topic we haven't uh, checked out, like I mean, I'm just throwing out the Jersey Devil. We have never done a podcast on the Jersey Devil. You know, let us know if there's something you want us to check out, and we'll and we'll we'll do a podcast on it. We'll do something on it. So um, feel free to interact and, and let us know because um, we love it. We get a lot of good messages. Yes, we um, do. Thankfully, we haven't gotten any bad messages that that were directed at us. We may or may not have had a bad message directed at us about a guest, but I can't I can't be responsible for anything a guest has done. Right. Or or Jared. But that's another that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. So so we appreciate all the all the support. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, joining uh, all the different, you know, social media platforms we have. Thank you for subscribing. Just keep it up. You know, if you haven't checked out our new merchandise page from the shadows dot com, get yourself some sweet T-shirt. Sweet coffee mug, sweet sticker. I might even autograph a book or two for you if uh, if that's what you really, really want. If any of our fans can read. I don't know. You think any of our fans can read? Oh, yeah. I think we have oh, some okay. very intelligent fans. <laughs> well, I hey, Jason, don't tell them, but you don't have to be really smart to read anything that I wrote. Just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You mentioned earlier about the downloads. There is a direct correlation here. I would like to say that I really, really, really appreciate it when you guys subscribe to the podcast. And when you tell a friend about it, we've noticed people have been sharing it. Our numbers are growing, and that makes it a lot easier to get, uh, shall we say, more famous guests on. It's kind of nice when we try to contact a guest and they say, oh, yeah, we've heard about you guys. You ain't been around long, but, yeah, we, we, we've heard about your show. Sure, we'll come on. And they yeah, were getting that kinda, more and more. So That's kind of silly, as a matter of fact, that yeah. is, is that people, I mean, the people that uh, we do get to talk to, you know, and haven't talked to on the air yet, but the people that we talk to off the air that we're trying to set up interviews with, it's like, I can't even believe these people are, want to come on and spend some time with us. And that's like, all because of our listeners. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're on yeah. 
I mean, you got to share the podcast. You got to like it. Um, and that increases our numbers. And that's what I believe uh, a lot of the talent out there is more comfortable with because we're the new kids on the block here. And all of a sudden, uh, we start getting some uh, downloads. And then we go to call like a Nick Redford. And then we say, uh, hey, you mind coming on to our podcast and tell us about what's going on right now? And they start looking us up and start seeing the shows that we've done. And they start looking at the demographics we hit, the uh, the numbers that we're putting out. And sure, I'll come on. And that's no, becoming no. more and more. No, Jason, you know that's a complete misrepresentation of what really happened. It was Elisa getting yes. a hold of Nick Redford and saying, Nick. Uh, yeah, yeah, Elisa <laughs> might have had something to do with that. Absolutely. <laughs> But I was using him as an example. Yeah, but we can't we can't let that slide like that. Come on, we got to be honest. All right, <laughs> we got to be honest. We don't have pull, we don't have pull like Elisa. Does. Hey, <laughs> hey, we have a very intelligent and a very funny and witty field investigator. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> I just think she knows how to butter butter people's biscuits. That's a saying that we like to use in the song. Oh, you guys in the in the songwriting industry, I'm telling you, your lingo, one of a kind. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so everybody, thanks for uh, checking us out, and that we're not just trying to butter your biscuits, man. We we we, we really do appreciate it, and and that's why. We brought Cameron Jones back for another episode because you guys deserve to hear the cool stuff he has to say. So we'll get out of the way and give Cameron Jones his uh, his uh, his due here and let him let him entertain you for the rest of the well, at least the next hour. So mm-hmm. thanks, and we'll catch you next week. Yep, take it easy. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and joining me tonight is the super producer, Jason. Greetings, everyone. And, um, you know, we had so much fun with our guest tonight, the first time he was on, that uh, that we decided we're gonna, we were going to bring him back. And, you know, this is... It's not even a two-parter. It's just we're bringing him back this quick, Mr. Cameron Jones. How you doing tonight? Hey, doing pretty good. I was really, really um, very appreciative of being invited back. I had so much fun with you guys. I've done a few podcasts, and this and your guy and this one, my last experience with you guys was the best I've had so far. So I was really excited to be. I'm really excited to be back. Well, we're wow. glad to have you, Cameron. Hey, hey, Jason, Thank you. I, want to, I want to point it out, Jason, that it was just me and you because Alyssa fell asleep and the judge couldn't join us. So it's me and you that, <laughs> that made it the best time ever for Cam. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not going to lie, everybody, we're, we're bringing Cameron back because he claims that he, he is in, into so many different cool things that we can fill up a whole nother show talking about three of his favorite subjects, Bigfoot, UFOs, and the best pizza in Circleville. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> unless you want to, 
unless you want to shamelessly plug the best pizza in Circleville and maybe, you know, get to, get us all for some free uh, some free pizza. <laughs> give we have an give... awful large amount of pizza places for a town this small. That's true. <laughs> well, I think that I think that goes hand in hand in Ohio. Uh, that every small town has a ridiculous amount of pizza places. You yeah, know? you really? notice yeah. that too. Uh, yeah, it's like they have an overabundance of uh, pizza locations around here. Hey, listen! If the pizza places and the churches closed down in Bucyrus, there would be nothing going on Saturday oh my gosh or, uh, yeah. or Sunday morning so my on my street alone on my street alone when I go out on my front porch I live on a little bit of a hill I can see five churches just on this street oh wow <laughs> yeah. folks what kind of what kind of crazy uh terrible stuff is going on in circleville that you guys need a church that <laughs> well you know that is kind of interesting that you mentioned that because um, I have since I'm me and some of my family moved in this house a few years ago, we've had like pretty much nonstop paranormal activity, um, in this house. And I've, I've written about some of the, um, some of the, um, experiences we've had on, um, site of posts, this local online news publication I write for. And, um, I actually was contacted by a former owner of this house. And she has had, she's also had similar experiences. Um, but my friend, a good friend of mine, John, he lives, he's one of my best friends, he lives just around the corner. He pointed out that, you know, I've always thought there's something strange about this property, just all the different kinds of activity here. And he, and he, he pointed out how, you know, there are times, especially back in the day, when if an area had a reputation for being haunted or, or, or quote unquote evil in some way that that churches always tried to build their churches on on or around that property to kind of somehow like cast out the evil. And I live right across from the Catholic Church, and all of these churches that on this street, Mound Street, were built about a hundred years ago, which is you know uh, when this house was built. So, I don't know. That, that's always interested me. You know, John's like, I wonder if there's a reason why there's so many churches around the block that you live in. Because maybe, you know, it has a, it, you know, have a long reputation of paranormal activity. Well, okay. So, before we get into your house, then, did you, because I have never heard that, you know, churches were built around places that were thought of, you know, to have, uh, you know, paranormal activity. I mean, did you... Did you do any like research on that kind of? Uh, well, yeah, like, um, yeah, um, yeah. It, it definitely kind of holds up. Uh, I know that it's true for places uh, that have the reputation for like paganism. Um, back hundreds of years ago, whenever there was like a pagan temple, or in South America, even like with with the Mayan temples, they would it, they always were kind of. The, the churches had a habit of building churches on on land that that was previously associated with paganism or or evil in any way or not even evil but just you know like um, like the Mayans obviously were not a Christian religion so you know Christians the Christian church considered that kind of like kind of um, you know um, uh, you know 
uh, evil in a way, I guess. It was sacrilegious. You know, not, or, yeah, yeah sacrilegious mm-hmm. is what I was looking for. Yeah. So, yeah. so, that, so they would, so they would, you know, build build churches on these sites, and and supposedly, I, according to my friend, and I did do a little bit of research, areas that um, have are known for lots of different types of paranormal activity. Um, definitely is where you'll find a lot of churches. Well, I think that's fascinating. I've never thought about that before, but uh, uh, I can see how they would do that. Well, yeah. so, so, so Cameron, so let's get in. Man, we got right into it right away. Religion and paranormal. paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I thought we were going to talk about pizza for a little bit longer, but, uh, <laughs> you know. So so what so what kind of stuff has happened at your at your current house then? Well, uh, yeah. So I moved in about five years ago, and the house, we we didn't we did notice that the house had a large number of previous owners um, over like well we were able to look back like you know twenty years, and it had like you know fifteen to twenty owners. It seemed like. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it kept going from, you know, people kept buying and selling it, buying and selling it. And well, when we moved, when we moved in, you know, didn't really notice anything quite at first, but, uh, the first thing we started noticing was footsteps upstairs and, you know, I would be downstairs home alone or my mother would be here with two of us. And we started hearing these footsteps and, you know, for, I mean, for a while, we just kind of wrote it off. We would hear, you know, some footsteps here and there upstairs, but we, I always thought maybe it was the heating, you know, some sort some of plumbing or something. But then these footsteps started getting more distinct. And it got to the point where, you know, six months after moving here, I would sit down in the living room and I would, you know, I'd hear the footsteps, I'd pause the TV, and I would listen to whatever it was, like walk from one side of the, one side of the uh, upstairs to the other, kind of stop, and then walk some more. I mean, it was just amazing. I was like... I don't really, I honestly don't think we're imagining this. And then, um, that went on for a long time. And then, and then it kind of progressed to, um, seeing things out of the corner of my eye, which of course, again, I wrote off over and over, but it it was always, I always would see this short, dark figure out of the corner of my eye. And whenever I would turn, you know, to look at it, of course it'd be gone. And then other things started happening. Uh, one one incident that really sticks out that was really scary um, was my mother and I were sitting in the living room, and I had my cell phone on the side table. It was a flat table, and um, we both heard like this loud thump, you know. And we looked over, and my cell phone was on the floor, and we were like, "I was like, how the heck did that happen?" But I just picked it up, made sure it wasn't broke. <laughs> And put it back on the table. I was just, we were just like, that's weird. And I, you know, made sure that it wasn't going to happen again. And then uh, five, five, ten minutes later, the cell phone literally flies halfway across the room. And you guys witnessed this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. That time we actually saw it. You know, the the second time we, we saw it fly off the table and, you know, land on the rug. I would say six, uh, six eight feet away and it was when that happened it was when i just started i just started to uh, decide to start keeping a journal a diary of everything that was happening i'd like to point out i'd like to point out i'd like to point out that in 
when that stuff starts hap- started happening before, that's when the people got the uh, for sale sign out and put it in the front yard. Yeah, you, you guys, said, you guys said they keep a journal, and and you, know, I mean, and you know, that's really smart. But, but go ahead. I mean, what's that say for you guys that you guys stayed have stayed five years already? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's you know oddly sometimes when the activity is like really intense or something like especially kind of like crazy happens, it is kind of scary in that moment. But um, I'm the one who's here the most because I work from home, so I definitely experience more than anybody else. But I, I've never really got in the sense of anything sinister or, or like, you know, I never really got any bad vibes from it. So it wasn't, it's never really been scary in that way. And once I started keeping the journal, I was realizing how much stuff was happening that I would have forgot about, you know, as I go back and look at the film ah, every now and then. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow, I would have totally never remembered that. And when you see it in writing and you read through it, I'm just like, I can't believe all this. But, um, what was I saying? Um, but yeah, the journal has been really helpful. Um, and kind of, and I've kind of thought of, at, at this point, I've thought of living here as a sort of experiment and that. My interest in the paranormal, I never really experienced anything like this, even though I have had an interest since I was a kid. But I'm looking at this as more of like I'm as some sort of like research project where I'm where I'm documenting what I'm seeing and hearing and experiencing. And it really is fascinating. You know, it can be scary sometimes, but it's really like fascinating work, really. So so. Have you tried to um, like if so you're. You're more of an observer right now, is is what you're saying. I mean, have you tried to do like an investigation in the house and tried to get the spirit or spirits to interact with you? Yeah, to make you, contact or maybe. yeah. I mean, because now mm-hmm. it's just like you're, it's, it sounds to me like you're just waiting for stuff to happen and then just okay, I'm gonna write it down and make a note. But have you tried to actually, you know, provoke or or get or elicit a response from it? Uh, yeah, I have done that a few times. Uh, there was a, um, an incident a couple weeks ago where I was downstairs and, um, uh, I guess you would call it the, the laundry room of my home and the laundry room door, which I always have to keep, we always leave, you know, we open it to walk in the laundry room and close behind us cause we don't want the dogs coming in there. And I go in the laundry room, I close the door and I start messing with the laundry and then I hear this like creaking and I look over and the door is like slowly swinging open and I, I walk over there and then, of course it's been really hot and I feel this cold spot, like this really cold spot. Like it was like, not like normal. And I was like, maybe there is something here right now. So I, I, I tried to communicate and, you know, I just basically did, you know, is there anyone here? If you're trying to communicate, can you make a noise? Um, let me know that you are here. I've done that kind of stuff quite a few times, but I've never gotten a response. I have done some EVP work um, off and on where I got a digital recorder a couple years ago, and I haven't heard any voices on playback, but I have heard noises that I didn't hear at the time. Like I'll be like I'll play back the audio and I'll hear like some crazy noises in the background that I definitely didn't hear at the time because you know it was kind of like experiment so I was making sure there wasn't any other noises in the house and I was alone. 
So yeah, I I so I have done a little bit of of work like that. Wow, a camera it really conclusive. Um, yeah. Okay, I have you done any research on your house in particular to kind of find out, uh, you know, beyond how it's changed hands over the years. Did anything like happen in that particular area? Maybe say a hundred years ago or something. Well, two things that kind of um, kind of give some information on the background that I've come across was I was I, I walk I exercise every day as so I walk up and down the street and um, one time I was stopped by one of the ministers of the church up there he has a little house next to it like a priest house or something and he lives in there mm-hmm. and he was outside he started a conversation with me and um, you know we were talking about he was talking about my house. And um, I was kind of, he also was saying what I had heard, that there has been a lot of owners there. And I, I asked him just that. I was like, so how long have you lived on Mound Street, which is the street I live? And he said that he's lived there 40, 40 some odd years. And I asked him if he knew of any death or anything like that associated with the house. And he remembers um, that somebody did die there decades ago. He said there was an old man. He remembered he was a friend to the judge next door because evidently one of my neighbors was once a judge. So the, the judge's friend lived there, and he died in the house. When I asked him when this happened, he, he, he remembered it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but he didn't have, like, an exact date. But okay. I, I double-checked that with my friend John, and he said that, that he, he had heard that, rumors that somebody had died in the house. So maybe there's something to that. Yeah, right, yeah. So maybe it was just, it's just more of a, I mean, cause what, like if you're sitting there hearing footsteps, you know, go back and forth, uh, upstairs in your house, it, it maybe it's, it sounds to me like it's somebody just like checking things out, you know, like seeing how things are, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if it was a, it was a previous mm-hmm. owner that may have died peacefully in the house. He just maybe just walking around, you know, making sure everything's okay. Are you implying, Shane, that maybe he didn't pass over and he kind of like likes it there? I'm not implying anything because I don't know exactly how that all works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, from from everybody that we've talked to, that seemingly sounds like what the majority of people who deal in spirits believe that you know if somebody chooses not to pass over or doesn't go to the light or whatever for whatever reason right. and they're kind of sticking around because they just maybe they like uh where they were you know so uh maybe well, that sounds it sounds like the dude's just hanging out like this is my house man yeah he doesn't you know? seem like a malevolent uh malevolent uh spirit huh. at all mm-hmm. so so cameron so somebody reached out to you that used to live in the house then yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually a really interesting story. Uh, I w- when I post when I posted my first article online, um, I think it ended up calling. Uh, ended up the title was a circle of haunting. It was published by the Sire Post, and that's uh, has a lot a lot of readers here in Circleville and the surrounding area. And in the article, I mentioned I didn't give my address, of course, anything like that, but I mentioned that I lived on Mound Street. And uh, so basically the only, the only thing these people knew was I lived in a house on Mound Street, and Mound Street has probably 150 
maybe 175 houses on it total. It stretches the whole length of the city. And I was getting so many comments as people really interested in what was going on, this, that, and the other uh, comments on the Facebook post where they linked the article. And one woman commented, and she said, I wonder which house on Mound Street he lives in. I lived at blank, blank, blank Mound Street. She gave the house number. And I had all kinds of crazy activity there. Well, she lived in my house. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I did not know this woman. She did not know me. She, she moved to Columbus years ago. So uh, that kind of blew my mind. That was, like, really good, like, corroborating evidence, like, Wow. Yeah. So, so did you, did you end up talking to her then at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after, uh, I messaged her and I'm like, I was like, I live at this address. I was like, I live in the same house you lived in. And she said, um, yeah, when we lived there, she said, you know, of course we never been interested in ghosts or anything like that. We, We didn't really know what to think, but we constantly heard footsteps and we heard our names being called. And, you know, for two years we lived there, we just had all kinds of activity. We didn't really know what to do, but she said that she, she always thinks about this house and the things that happened. And, you know, we kind of, like, compared notes a little bit, and it seemed like a lot of the same stuff. You know, definitely a lot of the same kind of stuff. So they so they had their name called? That's fascinating. Wow. Well, you say that's fascinating until you have your name called. Well, but I didn't have my name the... called, but when we when we went to that investigation in Kentucky at the uh, Rolls uh, Opera House, uh, I'm telling you, it was uh, it was beyond words, Shane. It was beyond words. Interesting. Yeah, it made me a believer. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah. But yeah, I we also I've heard my name called a few times, and um, a couple times there's been people here, and I'll hear like one. I remember once I heard my name called upstairs, and I went upstairs, and um, uh, my sister was here that day, and, you know, it's like, okay, what do you want, basically? And she's like, what are you talking about, you know? So the scariest is when I've heard my name called, and there's been no one else here. And one time it scared, I was with my dogs downstairs, somebody called out my name, and my dogs immediately went ballistic because they thought somebody else was in the house that they didn't know about, you know, a stranger had walked in. So the dogs go nuts. And it was weird because it was a voice I did not recognize. Like, it was like a voice I didn't recognize. So I was like, I like froze. So I'm like, somebody in this house. Like, who the hell is it? So I went and looked. And of course, there's nobody anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that that's so, kind of freaky right there. So was it a, yeah, was that it was, a man? That was scary. Was yeah. it a man's voice or a woman's voice? Yeah, it, it, it was definitely masculine. And it was, um, you know, it just sounded like, you know, it was just a voice I didn't recognize, and so I thought I thought maybe somebody was had you know peeked in the door and called out, you know, for for somebody to see somebody was home or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was it was a masculine voice. I think it was definitely a man's voice. Holy <laughs> moly! So so what um, what do you know about the rest of the neighborhood then? I mean, is there something else going on in the neighborhood? Because to me, okay, we're talking about, uh, you know, the save that the churches get built around, you know, maybe super, there, where there supernatural. There has been some, five there's churches. been some weird activity, wow. yeah. Uh, uh, a f- acquaintance of mine who joined my UFO group 
oftentimes in these UFO meetings, we get off of other topic, other kind of paranormal topic. And he was talking about uh, experience that him and his wife had in their car where they had almost like a time jump or some sort of time anomaly, which every now and then you hear about where um, they parked and went into the Catholic church to get some stuff for a rummage sale or something. And they, you know, they, they said they were in there for 15 minutes and they went out to their car and realized that like two hours had gone by. And when he said the Catholic church, I was like, was this in circle, the circle Catholic church? And he said, yeah, I was like, I was like, that's across the street from me. So there's, and I've always thought maybe there's just something strange about this property or surrounding area where it's just maybe like the veil between this world and the next is like a little bit thinner or something, you know? Cameron, I was just thinking that while you were summarizing what you had um, experienced there, I was just thinking that. I'm thinking like maybe I mean, it's, it's the ley lines, there. the natural energy of the earth, something there. Yeah, totally. I think it's possible for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that's real. You know, you know the, the name Mound Street. I live on what's called Mound Street, and it got its name because there were um, Indian mounds built. There were a lot of Indian mounds on this street. Okay. And in Ohio, right. we have a, like a really long history of mound culture, where Native Americans built mounds where they would bury their dead and also place like sacred objects inside. So Mound Street was named Mound Street because at one point there was a lot of these Indian mounds, you know, there. So I don't know what to make of that, but. Well, Well, think about it. That that translates into a grave site, you know, a huge, huge grave sites. Yeah. And what happened to the Indian mounds? (laughs) If they were, they were probably desecrated and people moved it. Yeah, whether these Indians chose this area because of some sort of, you know, metaphysical energy that they detected, or, you know, whether it could be this kind of weird vortex, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I really do want to do more research and talk with more neighbors. Uh, I really do want to do that, and I've been meaning to do that, and... um, yeah, that's a good idea. I definitely think I should be reaching out to more people. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see. Because, I mean, Ohio, like you said, it has a rich history of the Native Americans building, you know, mounds all over the all over the state. So, um, you know, what, what, a, what, a, what is the, do the mounds cause the supernatural activity? Or do or the mounds there because of the supernatural activity and that the yeah Native exactly. Americans that's what I want yeah to now say. that is the yeah. question right there yeah exactly well as soon as you guys figure out the answer let me know well that I'm definitely warrants some research <laughs> you know cool. we need to get our official researcher involved in this too we we'll get uh she's, get a Lisa she, on that she's asleep Dude, remember <laughs> we yes we yes She's not researching. She's asleep for the second time. <laughs> we'll have to get I've her had, Ever since I posted those articles, I've had so many other paranormal groups, local paranormal investigators asking to come here. And, you know, I've explained to them that I myself am, am more of a researcher, but I do do some investigating. But I've been, I've gotten so many offers that I've just kind of, I haven't decided if and when I want to do that. But I just don't know which, 
you know, which group would be best. And the one thing I'm worried about is I definitely do not want to um, have any sort of like um, uh, saging or exercising of the house or people trying to free the spirits, you know, send them on their way or, you know, um, some people, you know, I definitely don't want any of that because I just, I just, I don't really think it's my place to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, is, I don't want which, them to leave if they want to stay. Which is which is interesting because um, our good friends at the Paranormal Road, uh, they, I mean, David Hensley, I mean, he's, they won't go do an investigation unless they got, they have the permission to help the spirits get to where they need to go. Um, yeah, because it's, because of his belief, like they're not supposed to be here. They, nobody is, you know, they're they they for whatever reason they need help, they need guidance or direction or whatever. And he he in his mind he gives it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of mean to not give them the help that uh, they need. So it's 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 kind of a different perspective. That you have, it's, I enjoy hearing other people's takes on, um, you know, what yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think some of these, you know, I think some of these situations where people come in and try to rid a house of spirits, I, I think it's. I, I mean, I think there are certain situations where that can be accomplished and be positive, but I also think of it as a sort of like banishment and like forced exile for these. If they are spirits here, if, you know, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different thoughts on that, especially in the paranormal community, for sure. Yes, it is. That's a that's a hot topic right there. So, are you trying to say that uh, maybe the spirit knows they're not going to go somewhere quite as cool and uh, refreshing as uh, somebody who might have been better, nicer, in, in the earthly time? <laughs> And they're kind of just yeah, possible. Out. It's definitely <laughs> possible. Some of them might feel like you said they 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 fear what's what's on the other side. So they knew they were happy where they were at. So they don't want to cross over. Listen, I walk into the post office every day with those same fears, and I still <laughs> go to the other side. <laughs> you know, there's so, different thoughts. It's interesting because there's different. Um, Myself and a lot of other paranormal investigator researchers, we, we definitely think that there's at least two, possibly three different types of hauntings. And I haven't exactly pinpointed for sure the type of haunting, if it is a haunting, traditional haunting, what kind of haunting I have here. But there's, there's of course, as we've been talking about, there is an intelligent haunt where there's, there's evidence of communication back and forth. Uh, uh, an intelligent haunt is traditionally thought of as an earthbound spirit who for one reason or another hasn't passed over like we've been discussing but there's also hauntings that i'm sure you guys have heard this are what's called residual hauntings which kind of falls into the whole stone tape theory which i've always been interested in that everything from the rocks in the ground to the wood of the walls to you know the stones in the property everything can hold these energies and these memories and they can replay them like a tape recorder. Now with residual haunting, Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily communicate. You're just seeing a replaying 
or hearing things that have already happened. Right, right. Yeah, I'm familiar with that terminology there. Yeah. Yeah. I wish yeah, if yeah. I could communicate, I could prove one way or another. And then there's the third that some people subscribe to, which would be your classic, like, demonic poltergeist haunting, which would be a malevolent spirit, but not necessarily the spirit of a departed human, but something, you know, darker and more sinister. I'm not saying that's what I have here. I definitely haven't seen any evidence of that, but there are different types of hauntings. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it sounds to me that you have the uh, the fourth option, which is the Casper the Friendly Ghost haunting, because <laughs> your haunting sounds a lot more pleasant than uh, most most. Yeah, it's not, it's not like the Amityville Horror over here or yeah. anything like that, you know? Exactly. <laughs> now, have you, now, have you had an opportunity to go and do any investigations other places in search of spirits and ghosts and yeah i've done investigations at the mansfield reformatory here in ohio um i've done um investigation of a haunt an alleged haunted property over near um uh thanesville ohio that uh recently was featured on a television show a couple years ago and I've been to um, um, Waverly Hills, which is a really famous one. The ghosts, hey, the uh, goat friends of ours and uh, former guests, the Ghost Sisters, were just Waverly Sunday, actually. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't been in so long. That, that place definitely has an atmosphere. So you said somebody, friends of yours, recently investigated there? Yeah, just Sunday. Yeah, the, the, the Ghost, ghost sisters, sisters, that's the, the name they sisters. go by, yep. Yeah, they're from they're from Marion, and uh, they were a guest on our podcast uh, January maybe, and uh, yeah, they just they just went down with another group that was down there. They got asked to come along. They said it was it was amazing, amazing time. So I believe no, that no no thanks. So so what <laughs> so um, I always like to hear uh, what was what was. What were your thoughts about the Mansfield uh, Reformatory? That that was the place that definitely impressed me the most. In that, just besides it, just besides like earlier in the day, I got a, a guided tour, so I could get all the information I could, and um, just all of the stories and accounts of things that happened, you know, tragic, terrible things that happened when there, there were prisoners there. Also hearing um, experiences that other people have had since it's been deserted and closed. But really that place made a huge impression on me because I had kind of just like a really crazy experience later on that night in what was essentially a church in a prison. Yep. And Mm -hmm. it was was a church. It was set up for the inmates to go to church. And it was just really kind of gothic and scary and all the paints putting off the wall. So it definitely had an atmosphere. But I've, I've never experienced, a, like, walking into a room, even at a location or here, where I've gotten such, like, just a strange feeling, and there's just something really just, it's just really hard to describe. But I had, it was definitely an interesting experience that I had in that church, and, um, you know, we pretty sure we thought, saw some shadows, you know, darting here and there, and... So, uh, yeah, the, the Mansfield is just, 
It was it was pretty cool. I definitely think it's as active as people think it is. I just got that impression. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting place, and like the chapel that you spoke of, we were we filmed a music video there with. Uh, oh, so you know you've been there. You know all about it. Oh, oh yeah, we we both oh, yeah. been there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, we fil- we filmed a music video there in the chapel with uh, David Allen Coe, and then the moonshine bandits and um it, you know it's kind of a cool cool place i mean it's hard it to really believe. is isn't it yeah. that 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 that, yeah. that chapel is really kind of has a has this a crazy like character to it yeah yes and then um i mean jason and i are part of a movie that was filmed over the filmed there last probably for a year and a half mm-hmm. over the course of a year and a half and and the interesting thing is, is Jason and I were in a scene, and we can't give away too much of the scene because the movie is is hasn't not out yet. yet, hasn't been released okay. yet. But Jason and I were playing prison guards, and it's probably three o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was late, and we were on what the sixth. Uh, cell block six. We're yeah, six we were up. on the uh, the the sixth uh, range. Sixth, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the 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 big huge cell yes. wall with all the all levels. Yes, yes, yeah, we were on the level yeah. six. We were at the top range. Yep. It's so Jason, and this is the first time Jason and I had ever met. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was and, the first uh, day. <laughs> first time we ever met, and we're playing these prison guards, and we're supposed to be chasing this person down the cow or. What do you want to call it? The you can the refer catwalk. to it as a catwalk there. Yeah. Catwalk. But yeah. it's, it's the range is what they usually call them. But it's more okay, like so, a catwalk, very narrow. And so, um, so for the last couple times we shot this thing, you know, and, and here's Jason and I are supposed to, like, take off real earnest, you know, stomping along the catwalk side by side. And they keep telling us to go back further and further to where, we're so far out of like the light and anything that's that the that the movie is using to shoot and you know here i am with this dude i ain't never met before and i'm <laughs> and i'm like you know we're just kind of like this is kind of this is kind of spooky yeah, it's okay. kind of creepy over here <laughs> and so and so we're kind of looking around and looking around and before they yelled you know action we're kind of standing there, and all of a sudden, the sound dude, David Chris, is sitting in one of the cells, and we never even saw him in there. And he's like, man, it's spooky here. Jason and I about jumped off of the cell. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he's just like, because those cells are like real small and tiny, and he's just like sitting oh, inside. At 3.30 the... in the morning, too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Right, right around oh, the witching yeah. hour. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's just like, man, it's kind of spooky. <laughs> like, why? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't jump off that catwalk. It's, yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. I'm just glad but, uh, that we it was, wasn't was one of them situations where we were away. Like, man, we got to get this take over with. I got to use the bathroom. Because I'm sorry, but <laughs> bladders would have emptied after that. I mean. <laughs> but it is. It is such a, such a spooky place. But, I mean... We had there were so many people in there. It really didn't, you you know, you didn't really have a chance to get too scared because you know there's mm-hmm. always stuff going on. But we did ask um, the director, 
you know, we actually had him on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. And he poured through all the footage and he's listened to all the audio and, and they never, they really never caught anything, you know, cause we thought for sure there would be something that got caught, uh, inadvertently, you know, like in the background mm-hmm. or, or so, but everybody else tells us, all these crazy experiences they have at the prison. Oh, we yeah. Spend more Chris Hahn. Spend... Remember, did you hear about his experience, right? Where oh, yeah. It, yeah, that, yeah that, that early day shoot also. And they thought somebody was up there on the range in the corner watching them. And so he's all big and strong and everything, you know. So he goes over there yelling, hey, you don't supposed to be in here and all this. And so he starts walking over there. This thing melts back into the shadows, which was nothing but a wall. And uh, it's done. It never. It was nobody never there, and he saw it was plain as that. Yeah, yeah. He said it, it freaked him out pretty good. Wow. But uh, so so now the place in did you say Zanesville? Is that the house that was um, part of the Underground Railroad, or the barn? Or the barn was a place where uh, runaway slaves like hid hid out, and there was a tunnel from the barn to the house um no i'm not i don't know if i'm familiar with that property this is something that this is a place i just heard about through like friends of friends this man about this property that had all this reputation of being haunted and it really wasn't a habitable house like i don't like you know it was like all gutted inside and old and um we went there and then uh i remember like it was like a year later or something there was this obscure paranormal show. God, I don't even remember the name of it. I don't know if it was on Travel Channel or like one of those Halloween specials they do, or or uh, maybe it's Destination America. But there was this little segment, and it and there was the house I was in, and uh, they're wow. like, and now we'll take you to you know near Zanesville or Zanesville, Ohio, where and I was like, oh my gosh, I was we were there. Oh yeah, I so think I, I might have I, saw that program. Wasn't that whole program talking about the most haunted places in America? It was like a countdown or something of like the ten yeah, most haunted might, places. Yeah, that might have been it for sure. Yeah, that could have been it. Yeah, I, I seem like I recall that uh, that program. Yeah, Where, they had like a map. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like they would have a map. They show a map like of the U.S. and they zoom in on the location or something. Like yes, yeah, that's how they segment. that's how they transitioned between the, uh, the 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 cases as they went down their list. Yeah, yeah, I did see yeah, that. that. I can't remember that what, what that was called. That was a good program too. I think it was a special though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might. Yeah, I think you're right. I I don't remember it being like a show. I think it, maybe it was like a special. Yeah, yeah. I called I called a, a good portion of that program too. Yeah, that was fascinating. So the the Zanesville property. So you were in that. It's a gutted out uh, husk of a house now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm I'm curious on that. Uh, well, there was there was like ended up being like a group of four well with me i think there was maybe five people and we did we did a lot of evp work like that was kind of what we focused on um of course we we tried to communicate but we always had tape recorders running Mm -hmm. and um and the house wasn't really that big but we did we did a lot of evps and we even did um 
we did like the flashlight test where we're going to see if something could turn the flashlights on and off by kind of having the flashlight to where it was easy to turn on and off. And uh, we may possibly have gotten some responses with that. But we did hear what sounded like voices in the back of one of the EVP tapes, like as we were talking to like to the air basically saying you know are you here why you're here what's your name um how many of you are here and we would hear, and we definitely heard at one point on one of the tapes it was like two people talking but we but we were really strict like when when we were recording like we weren't we didn't move we didn't say anything other than the question because we did we knew when we knew when we reviewed the tapes we didn't want to like be wondering if that was one of us talking but we, we did hear two voices at one point kind of talking back and forth, kind of, but we couldn't make out what they were saying. So I guess, I mean, all in all, that's a success because, you know, yeah. probably nine times out of ten, when you do this kind of stuff, you, you don't really get anything. Right. And it's amazing how when you're out uh, trying to collect EVPs in that nature, how you are there and you you're, you're asking the questions in a controlled environment, you and your group, and everybody knows you got one person asking the questions, nobody else is talking. It's completely yeah. quiet. And you review that tape later, and you hear noises that you know were not there. That is so creepy. But it's, hey, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like, are they on a different frequency? And the mm-hmm. digital recorder can pick that up, or, or what? I mean, it's, there's it's, something it's there. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be. I gotta be honest with you, Jason. I mm-hmm. think it'd be a whole heck of a lot creepier to be sitting there and hearing the voice in the in my in my ear behind. Oh, a disembodied voice. <laughs> well, we 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 ran across that uh, at the Rolls Opera House also. As if, as if it was a person standing there, but it was a voice, a disembodied voice, a voice that was coming from all around us. Not yeah, just yeah 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 that doesn't that doesn't sound great man both are scary for sure yeah doesn't sound great because at least at least afterwards you could just be like holy you know it just kind of dawns on you that the person was there at the time if you hear it you're like there's something right here right now like I yeah can't that's, see yeah that's scary. Yeah, it, it yeah. was. Like I said, that remember on that one, I, I told you I was sitting on the aisle seat and um, how I was describing to you how I got touched. And it was just like a person's hand was, was on me. And uh, it was it was it is incredible. I don't want to uh, divert into that right now. But uh, yeah, it's 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 real. It's something to it. It's definitely something to it. I think so. It. So so let's um, let's go into one of your other area. Uh, areas of interest how about the ufos oh my so you're favorite. part of so you're part that's your favorite oh, oh yeah that's I a love ghost your favorite. well I, I love ufos too you're just a freak mm-hmm. yeah so so <laughs> it's gonna be jason the freak from alex's <laughs> jason the producer so so you are part of a ufo group down there yeah uh here in circle L, um i'm part of I'm, well, I guess I'm a chief investigator now of um, what is Roundtown UFO Society, and it was founded by our director, Pete, in 1989. 
So it's uh, we're, uh, we've been here over 30 years. We're one of not not the but we're one of the oldest you know uh, UFO groups in the uh, Midwest for sure. And we um, we we get together once a month at the local library, and we discuss the latest events in ufology as well as um, a lot of times we have guests who come hear about our group and they come and they want and they want to talk about their experiences what you know what they've seen so we do we have a lot of that which is really which is really great we always welcome people to come and tell us you know if they've had a sighting but we also um, a couple of years ago we definitely started focusing more as well at lo- uh, investigating local sightings here in central Ohio uh, so as as well as being a group, we also are an investigating group. So people will call us, contact us uh, if they've had a sighting, and if it's recent, um, you know, like very recent, then we'll, you know, we'll go out and we'll, we'll go out to the location and do like a whole kind of investigation and just at least document it. So, and sometimes we try to find answers for the people, but yeah, it's, it's a really great group. Um, gosh, we have probably a hundred members total you know from over the years but we we usually get 20 to 30 people at every meeting which is more than the local MUFON meetings get so yeah that's fantastic uh, i'd say our our, yeah we have a really great group of people for sure so okay so now i'm going to start with with the 100 100 questions so um i know you're pretty excited about about this so uh i can tell can you tell the 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 tense excitement in your in your silence. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, okay, have you yourself ever had a UFO experience? I have. I personally have never seen anything that I would consider a true UFO. Per, I wish. I wish I had. Like a lot. Of, a lot of our members have had ufo experiences the only experience i've had that could be could be related was i did have an experience with missing time about 18 years ago uh a missing time experience so that could have been possibly i mean a lot of missing time experiences are associated with abductions but you know i can't say for sure but i've never seen a ufo so so before we go any further, then are you going to fill us in on the on the lost missing time? Or are you just going to let us wonder? Are you trying to angle in for a third? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> when, um, so, so what? So what happened when you had? When you experienced so this that? was two thousand and two. I just graduated high school, and me and two friends, um, we were. Um, my friend, I'll just use their first names, Megan and Tasha, I was friends with them, and we had gotten um, we had gotten together and went to a movie. I think it was one of the Lord of the Rings movies, maybe, within theaters, but I remember that. And we uh, we went and saw that we were at the movies in Lancaster, Ohio, and then we um, came back to Central Ohio, where me and Megan are from, Circleville, and our friend Tasha lived uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the closest city would be Waverly, Ohio, but she lived out in the middle of nowhere. And so it was late. Uh, it was, well, it was relatively late. 
myself and Megan were 18, and Tasha was 17, and Tasha still had a curfew. So those her parents had a curfew. So we were trying to get her home before, I think it was 11, yeah, 11 o'clock. So we were aware of the time. So to get to Tasha's house, you take a couple main highways, U.S. Route 23, and then you get on um, uh, another highway. And then once you turn off the highway, you've got 15 to 20 minutes of nothing but side roads. And, I mean, we were, I remember, this is only the second or third time I've been to her house, but, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so far out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and um, you've got, you know, so you're taking this road, and you've got five or six turns, and eventually we get to Tasha's house, and she kind of jumps out of the car and runs inside because she's trying to get there right at 11 o'clock, and she did, so it's like she made her curfew. That's how we remember the time. And so we drop her off. And we back down the driveway and start our return trip to what would have been Circleville, which was uh, about 50 minutes away, well, 40 minutes away. Anyways, so we start our return trip, and we remember making one turn, and then, so we go about a mile, we make a turn, and then, like like a light switch, we both look up, and we are on a highway we're on route 23 and certain i'm sorry chillicothe ohio so in the blink of an eye we traveled i would say uh 20 25 miles and we looked down uh, i looked down at the clock in my car and it was 12 30 so, so an hour and a half and 25 miles. okay yeah and it was it was i know it's one of the scariest things that ever happened to me because and we just initially we were freaking out and uh if i had been by myself i would have somehow tried to explain away but megan uh, experienced the same thing and we uh kind of rode home in silence we didn't know what to make of it i dropped her off and she will still to this day she doesn't like to talk about that she doesn't like to talk about that night because it scares her so much to think about i've never gone back to the area i was so scared by it that i've never gone back to that house or that general area like, I've always been way too scared to do it. It was just a really scary experience. But there have been a lot of UFO sightings in that area. A lot. We've, we've noticed in our group a lot of UFO uh, reports coming from that general area. So it's possible that... I, w- I also remember having really crazy nightmares after the event where I kept having a reoccurring dream of the car... Uh, my car stopped in the middle of the road and this country road stopped in the middle of the road and I remember me and my friend Megan are just staring straight ahead not moving and I remember like being aware of like figures off to the side of the car in the trees this was kind of like the woods but I mean I'm not saying that happened but that's like a reoccurring dream I kept having after for a few weeks so so did your friend um, Megan, right? Did she yeah. have any dreams similar to yours? Or, uh, I mean, did she, she never told me about any dreams? I'm pretty sure I discussed my dreams with her, but I don't remember her ever having uh, commenting on any. It's possible she did, but just didn't tell me. She didn't like to talk about it, but it's possible. <laughs> Is it possible she remembers a little bit more than you do? And doesn't want to talk about it, or yeah, that's a I possibility. Mean, 
I mean, yeah. here's the thing is, though, if somebody shares your experience, I would think you would find some sort of comfort in having somebody to talk to, but, you know, talk to about it. So, I don't well, know. Maybe seems... some kind of a hypnotic regression, uh, the both of you guys, if you got put under at a different time, it would be interesting to see what how your stories would correlate with each other. See, Jason just wants to go right to the torturers. <laughs> no, that's not torture. Medical, I just like, want to figure out. <laughs> I mean, come yeah, on. no, I've uh, having some sort of like um, some sort of um, uh, regression, regression treatment, hypnotic regression, like a lot of people who have missing time or abduction experiences do. Yes. It's something I've definitely thought about. Um, but do you I've really want to know? I mean, do you really want well, to know? I've often thought that it would be, it might be really scary if I remembered something that was traumatic, for sure. Right. Yeah, That that's always a, that's definitely a factor that has to be weighed in there. Because you don't know, it could be a reason why they wipe your memory, you know? Because it might be traumatic to uh, individuals that, you know, when they do the testing on them or whatever they do. So maybe it's commonplace why people that have the missing time to them they experience it as missing time because maybe it's the the aliens or whoever that's doing it figure that you know well let's just take that memory away from them because we we might psychologically damage them you know you yeah. never know as opposed but, to the other psychological damage of knowing you've got missing time and having nightmares for a couple of weeks i mean come on it'd be I, you know, it'd be better just to maybe know. Okay, well, know? well, Cameron, in your dream, you said you saw entities in the trees. If have, have you ever thought about it? Can you like, um, did you ever try to like sketch out what they look like? Did they look humanoid, or did they, you know, I mean, what did they look like? Point blank. I remember. Uh, I remember being in my dreams. I was aware of figures in the trees, um, not not up in the trees, but you know amongst the trees. Amongst the trees, okay. And yeah, because we're I, at a, um, we're in a country road here. Yeah. Yeah, and there was yeah it was there was, it was like a wood there were wooded areas that I, we went through to get there. Okay. And um, I I I couldn't I couldn't tell you what they look like i i mean in my dream i'm staring straight ahead but i'm like aware of like this like these like non-human things off uh, to the side of the car in the trees mm. but i i can't remember what they look like or if i even knew what they look like well that's fascinating now did you ever um did you guys ever discuss this with the friend that you dropped off yeah yeah we we, we yeah we told her about it I told her about it. She thought it was crazy, but you know, she didn't, I don't know. She, uh, she didn't really, I don't know. I don't know if she just kind of, at the time, if she just kind of wrote it off as we were joking or that we were messing with her or, or something. Uh, but yeah, I remember telling her about it. I just be, since she lived out there, you'd think, um, that's what's weird is so somebody that lived out there, it didn't happen to them, but somebody who's only out there one time or two yeah. couple times. Yeah, lucky. I mean if it was happening all the time, I don't think anybody would live out there, you know what I mean? Like if it was happening to everybody. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what, 
you know what, Cameron? You're a lucky, lucky guy. You just gotta gotta look at it that way, right? <laughs> are you guys now? You were talking about hypnotic regression. Are you guys familiar with the uh, Betty and Barney Hill case from I the nineteen sixties? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. See that we were. I just thought of it. I just thought of it um, when you mentioned hypnotic regression because I guess that's known as the first widely reported abduction case. But they were, yeah. Um, Betty and Barney Hill were a couple, um, and they were. Uh, visiting Niagara Falls, I think it was 19, yep. yeah, September yep. 1961, and they're on their way home in the middle of the night um, out in, Vermont, in the middle in, of New, in, New in Hampshire, Vermont. I think. I think it was Yeah, Vermont. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were driving back to New Hampshire where they lived, and I think it was Vermont, and um, at the time, they saw um, actually, they saw nothing. They, 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 they were called hearing some strange noises um, beeping sounds at one point on the road, but when they, but they they got home and they realized that they had lost a significant amount of time. They got home way later than they should have, and um, but like but like me, they started having disturbing dreams, and it was those dreams that just they decided to go under hypnosis, and of course it's a really famous case, and mm-hmm. it was when they went under hypnosis that they recalled the rest of the night what happened to them yes and they hypnotized and they remember, them at yeah, different uh, times too and they both their yeah. both recollections were were very similar yes mm-hmm. totally yeah uh they yeah they were totally just like you said they were um they were regressed separately and their regressions were recorded and compared and they they matched up i mean they completely matched up yeah you know they they remembered their car off the side of the road they were led they were led by a group of what we would probably call grays they were led into a clearing in the woods where the ship was they were taken on the ship and they were um they were separated at that point and they were um experimented on yeah uh, i guess you call examination um betty hill recalls uh, having what was called a pregnancy test and it was really interesting. She said that they were fascinated with Barney's dentures. He had denture teeth, and mm-hmm. they were fascinated why his teeth came out and hers didn't. Great. But, but yeah, I don't know. I was I was just I was just recalling that case because it was similar to what we were discussing. I guess. Yeah. Linda Moulton Howell has done a lot of work uh, talking about the Barney and uh, Betty and Barney Hill case. And uh, she's, you know, interviewed a lot of people, and it's interesting to take a look at some of her findings. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Linda Moulton House. She's interested in a lot of the same stuff I'm interested in. She has, like, a diverse kind of area that she um, investigates. So I'm, I, I kind of um, am like that as well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but you're number two in the world in Mothman. She can never... She can never take that, take that away. From <laughs> that's I, uh, right. I, I haven't seen her do a whole lot of work with Mothman. That's see? true. Mm-hmm. See, see, there's that's your business card right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the resume builder. <laughs> so, um, so what? What is the? So let's get back into the UFO uh, cases down there. What is the most credible? 
UFO case that you, has been brought to you guys' attention that, you know, maybe you didn't necessarily investigate yourself, but one of the people down there, you know, investigated that you talked to or whatever. Like, what? what's the one... What's the one that really stands out like, okay, this absolutely happened? Um, let me think here. Um, there was a series, there was definitely what we would call, uh, we considered like a UFO flap, like multiple sighting. This was, I don't have my files right here in front of me. I think it's just five or six years ago. Uh, no, no, no. It's probably maybe four years ago. But we had where we had multiple people contact us and they had all been, uh, they had all either lived on off of route 23, uh, right outside of Circleville. And we had people that were driving on route 23 that night who, and one of our members was also driving that night on route 23. And they all reported seeing a, uh, silver craft with lights, and this wasn't, I mean, this, this wasn't, uh, dots of, this wasn't lights in the night sky. This was, this was a solid craft that these people witnessed. And it was, it was, um, it was the time of day where it's just twilight. So it wasn't night, but it was, you know, it wasn't like bright of day, but you could, they could still see clearly enough to rec to, to describe this craft. And, um, that was crazy. I remember we just had report after report, the same thing, the same place, uh, the same five miles stretch of that highway. And that case definitely sticks out as credible just because of the multiple witnesses who all kind of corroborate their stories. And one of our members witnessed this. And, uh, I remember that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. That's no, uh... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shane. Well, well, I'm just asking. So, like, with all those witnesses, did anybody uh, get any evidence? Um, no, I don't remember any photos taken. You know, it's interesting that we, I've never seen UFO personally, but I know a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people who have, and they always are just so like amazed or interested or stunned or shocked with what they're saying. I mean, I hear this over and over that they say they didn't even think to try to record it or take a photo. Like I hear that so much and I guessing it must be true for how often I hear, hear it. That it's just what they're witnessing is just, they don't even want to take their eyes off of it. So we don't get, we don't get a whole lot of videos or photos, but you know, we definitely get a lot of stories that seem credible. See, here's here's the biggest here's the big problem that we're facing is is the generation coming up now who would be able to not take their eyes off of the UFO or the Bigfoot or whatever and capture evidence will never see the thing because they don't take their eyes off their phones to see it in the first place. That is yeah. true, right? That the is one, true. So, so the ones that would be skilled enough at handling the phone and taking a picture and having it on Snapchat. They're not even meeting, looking up. or they're not, yeah. they're not even looking up. And maybe that's the genius thing that the aliens did was... We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take this generation and we're gonna make them oblivious to anything that's going on around them, and uh, make them look at their look at their uh, phone instead of uh, 
anything yeah, else. Yeah, it is. It is kind of. Um, it is. It is kind of crazy when you think about it. That just how you put that. Like, and it, it, it's, it's so true. It's very true. Yeah, like the like the older people, and nothing against older people. I am one. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're right. It'd be like, like, wait, what if I? Wait, how do I get this? Oh, there's a blurry photo of Bigfoot. I'm sorry. You know, that's 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 what we would have because you know we're just not re- we're just not skilled at uh, doing that sort of thing. Yeah, you uh, are interesting in that. Um, there are cases where there's a lot of people like we've always considered the Myrtle Beach area to be a UFO hotspot. Uh, it definitely is. And actually, our director, one of his sightings he had was at Myrtle Beach, and he described it as a display that was meant to be seen. And we we hear that uh, with the orange orbs that are seen over Lake Erie a lot. Uh, those are reported constantly. Um, that they almost want, seem like they were putting on a display. So I think there are cases where... It's weird because we have cases where, um, you know, people talk about their electronics not working, their cameras not working, or their cars, you know, stopping interference with technology, maybe in an attempt to um, make it so that you can't capture these things on film or video very well. But then we have other situations where the UFOs almost seem to be performing for people. So it's 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 baffling, really. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Wow. That's so, so what is the best? So like that's, so like that, that incident there where it was viewed by multiple, uh, multiple people to to the point where you're almost like, yeah, there was something, something going on there. Like what's the best evidence then that you've seen from Ohio other than eyewitness accounts? I mean, is there any video or photographs or, Anything like that? There was, uh, let me think here. Um, what was that? Was that in Ohio? I think that was, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, this was interesting. Um, a few years ago, there was a video that surfaced on YouTube of a UFO flying over Portsmouth, Ohio, and I think it's it's been coined the butterfly UFO because of the okay. shape of it. And um, normally with these YouTube UFO videos, I don't even give them a second thought because CGI is so prevalent now that, I mean, it's, I don't even really investigate UFO videos that were um, captured after the invention of, you know, uh, CGI um, just because it's impossible. And I mean, you look at this video or, the, or even a picture and you, you, it's impossible really to tell if it's real or fake. But there was this video that surfaced. Um, it was released by that really famous YouTuber who posts a lot of a lot of uh, UFO content. Gosh, I forget his name. Um, but anyways, he's been criticized for posting what's um, thought to be hoax videos. And but so he posted this video, and I remember uh, it got sent to me by a few people, uh, probably because it was in Portsmouth, Ohio, and I live in Ohio, and our group is here in Ohio. And, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the craft is amazing in the video, and, you know, it's a huge kind of butterfly-shaped UFO, and it's just sailing over Portsmouth, Ohio. And I remember thinking, yeah, it's probably CGI. It's 
pretty cool looking, but I don't think I really doubt it's real, so I didn't think anything of it. But <clears throat> I was in Columbus at a doctor's appointment, of all things, in a waiting room, and uh, we got, I got to talking with this couple about UFOs somehow, and they were talking about seeing this huge, crazy-shaped UFO over Portsmouth, where they lived. And I, I got to talking with them about where it was, how long ago this was, and they were talking about the shape of it. And I was just like, are you aware of the Butterfly UFO video uh, filmed supposedly over Portsmouth? And they said no, and I actually ended up uh, pulling out my phone and playing it, and they were just stunned because they said that's exactly what they saw on the day they saw it. And um, that just really kind of blew my mind. And these people were totally, totally credible. I, I don't think for a second they were making anything up. So that just kind of made me rethink my whole, like, just blowing off all of these, you know, online videos because I think they all must be fakes. But the problem is, is that I think some, there's a good chance that some of these might be real, but they're in a sea of hoaxes that, so we just don't even know anymore, like, what. What, what could be real and what isn't, but right. I think there is definitely some stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going you're, you're gonna to have to send me a link to that video, and we'll put it, or or just go ahead and put it up in, a, in the After, after the, Shadows. the Shadows forum page there, and, and we'll uh, we'll let all of our uh, listeners take a look at it and Yeah, that see was what one of think. the uh, criticisms of this video and a lot of these others when you've got like a huge UFO or large UFO in daytime flying is one of the criticisms of these type of videos where, well, you know, uh, hundreds of people must have seen this. You know, why aren't they coming forward? And I, for the most part, agree. But with this specific video, I met people who saw this craft and they weren't even aware of the video. So, yeah, I can definitely send you a link. I'm sure it's still there. Well, my so people say that, okay, and 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 then we'll get into the to the last topic we're going to touch about, like Bigfoot, okay. Well, where are you supposed to if you don't know that your group exists? What's that couple that you met in the doctors? What are they going to do? Call the sheriff's department? Um, mm-hmm. Call? I mean, then say what? Hey, look, we saw something flying. You know, we don't know what it was. Sheriff's, what's the sheriff's department going to do? You know? You, yeah, it, we estimate only one out of ten. We estimate one out of ten sightings are reported. Some people put it at more like one out of a hundred. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Most people do not report sightings. Yeah, I mean, because, who, number one, who are you going to report them to? And what do you, th- I mean, what do you think they're going to do anyway? I mean, even yeah. like, even like, realistically your group can go out after the fact uh take down the information as it's Have reported them. yeah okay but it's but it's not like what are you guys going to do climb in your spaceship and go looking for the perpetrator yeah. you know what i'm saying i mean there's nothing and i think a lot of people would just like chalk it up to okay well that's what a once in a lifetime just happened there you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, what, what, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna report it to? And what are you gonna do with it? Um, I will, so. I will just mention real quickly that um, if people do see a UFO, basically, if you go online, because we're all online all the time, if you type in UFO to Google, the first thing that should pop up is not National UFO Reporting Center, 
And I do encourage anybody who may be listening who has seen something in the past or has seen something in the future to at least take a minute and either call or fill out the fill out uh, a report. report yeah. On, yeah, National UFO Reporting Center. All of groups like ours, we when we hear about a sighting reported to us, one of the first things we do is go to the National UFO Reporting Center to see if anybody else saw the same things in your area in in the area. So it's a good resource. Um, but like you said, yeah, I'm Peter Davenport, who runs the reporting center, he's been doing it for I don't know forty years or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, really, it's just a, it's just a depository, a, a depository for sightings. But yeah, it's not like it's not like somebody's going to be able to come out and explain well, what you saw or, or tell you exactly anything. No, but if you did, but on the flip side, if you were able to get everybody that's you know really credibly thought they saw something to report it imagine the picture then that would start to emerge of what and where things are happening and uh like that'd be great information to have yeah yes it would Mm -hmm. well you know what it'd be you know it'd be like it'd be like the notebook that you're keeping at the house on everything that happens uh paranormal wise where yeah you could you can probably if you really you know depending on the haunting type, you might be able to start finding some patterns in, okay, when do I hear footsteps? Do I hear footsteps at this time? Do I hear footsteps more often when I'm alone or with with somebody? You know, there's certain patterns that are going to arise that you might be able to figure some other stuff out. And And it would be the same with reporting UFOs, reporting Bigfoot, reporting, you know, whatever people are seeing. I agree for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if I can figure that out, I think everybody else can figure it because I'm not very smart, but that <laughs> goes without saying, it goes without saying. So, so let's, let's get into then the superstar of the cryptid world, Bigfoot. Cause I mean, you, you I hear you're, you're getting into, going and doing some Bigfoot research. Yeah. Um, here in Ohio, Ohio usually um, runs number two or three emanation for Bigfoot sightings, Bigfoot reports. The eastern part of the state is heavily forested for the most part, and we have a lot of Bigfoot activity here in Ohio, and it's a great place to be a researcher interested in Bigfoot. We have the world's largest Bigfoot conference here in Ohio, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And there's what's called the Sasquatch Triangle up in northeastern Ohio, where a large amount of sightings happen. Salt Fork State Park is in the middle of that triangle, and that's people come, Bigfooters from all over the country, all over the world, come to Ohio to go to Salt Fork because of just a legendary amount of Bigfoot activity there. And, of course, here in Ohio, Bigfoot is known as a grass man. So, you know, like regional, across the U.S., different areas have their, like, kind of regional names for Bigfoot. In Ohio, it's the grass man. And, yeah, I've always been fascinated with Bigfoot. And I definitely do a little bit of research. And um, it's one of the topics that I I do uh, work on, yeah. So so um, what's your experience so far? Like, have you gone out and uh, into mm-hmm. the woods 
by yourself with some other people? I mean, what's what are we talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, I have what they we usually call it bigfooting or squatching is another term people use. Uh, yeah, um, I've gotten with quite a few different people that I know in the Ohio Bigfoot community, and we go out usually to locations where activity has been reported previously. Um, I have a good friend of mine, Linda, who owns a property down on the Ohio West Virginia border. And we had some crazy, I mean, just some really great activity there on her property. She, uh, me and she's a big, she's a big fanatic herself. And, uh, she was, I came down to stay with her for the weekend, uh, with the hopes of going out at night and maybe experiencing or finding something. And we, uh, that's probably where I've had the most personal experiences is Linda's property, um, where we've had sticks thrown at us. We always go out after midnight and we've, uh, I usually am recording on my cell phone so I can try to capture anything. We've heard, uh, we've heard, uh, we've had sticks thrown at us. One time was really scary in that we were both standing. We were kind of concluded our activity for the night and we were standing on this little like dirt road out in the middle of nowhere heading toward back towards the house and i think i had stopped to turn turn off my cell phone or something and um put it in my pocket and we heard a growl off to the bushes to the left of us and it just stopped us dead cold like like we were wanting something to happen but when it did i mean it freaked us out and it was not like any animal that we'd ever heard We've gotten, um, yeah, Linda's property is great. There was one time we were sitting out in her back patio, and, like, of course, she's got, this, she's got all of these woods right at, at her back. Her backyard, basically, is the beginning of the forest. We were out there one night, and Linda decided to try to do some knocking on her patio. Actually, it was a little patio table, and we were out there listening for noises, and she just started pounding her patio table, you know, like one, two, three, kind of knocking, and we started getting responses and uh it went on and on like we you know she started knocking and we got we got knocking coming from the trees mimicking what she was doing and that went on for a while i started thinking somebody was out there messing with us but um but i don't really think there was there was there's nobody around and so yeah her house has got a lot of activity so I, i've definitely had some experiences myself as well as just being uh, kind of like a researcher and somebody who's interested in it. So has she has she seen anything herself down there, or is it? Just I think more... she has had a sighting. I, I I wasn't there, but one of the last times I saw her uh, recently, she was saying that she had seen something. She had seen like a dark, uh, large shape in the woods that she thought was Bigfoot. But I don't think she's ever had like an up close encounter, like face to face. But she she has she did see something recently, and they've she's her and uh, her husband have found footprints that they photographed that I've seen, some pretty impressive footprints, uh, footprint photos. And um, I think she's definitely got some activity out there. And like I said, yeah, Ohio is just Ohio has a lot more bigfoot activity than I think some people think. Yeah, I think it's increasing over the years here. I mean, recent years. Yeah, it do, it does sound like um, 
Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania is just uh, is like a hot spot, right? Definitely mm-hmm. for uh, for whatever is out there roaming around. So, so where where are some of the places that uh, that you'd like to go, squatching if you if you could get the chance to go? I've always wanted to go to the Pacific Northwest to some of the really famous areas up there. I mean, yeah, to look for Bigfoot, but also just to kind of like see some of these famous areas like the Patterson Gimlin film site. I've always wanted to go there. I always wanted to go um, just to some of these like places in Oregon, Northern California, Washington, where people, you know, some really classic Bigfoot encounters have taken place. Uh, so I've always wanted to go down there. I mean, up there, I've always wanted to do that. Uh, someplace else, uh, Florida. Uh, Florida, of course, has <clears throat> excuse me the uh, skunk ape. What's called the skunk ape in the Florida Ever in the Florida Everglades. A lot of reports come out of there, and uh, I've always wanted to go down there. And maybe do some research. Um, that's something I've been thinking about doing. I go to Florida every now and then, but haven't really gone to the Everglades area. But I'd love to do that. See, see, it's one thing going out here in the woods in Ohio looking, but when you throw in the Everglades and swamp stuff, yeah, and, and alligators, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, big, and the big and the pythons, and stuff, you know, yeah, it's definitely whole, kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. adds a whole other element that you know, it's just like, eh, I don't know. Let's let somebody else go look for the skunk ape. And the uh, skunk ape has like a reputation for being kind of uh, aggressive and territorial and angry. And uh, yeah, like a lot of the reports coming out of Florida, the skunk ape, um, you'll get like uh, bluff charges. Whereas here in Ohio and other places, we just, a lot of our sightings are just seeing a Bigfoot cross the road or seeing a Bigfoot in the trees. Florida has a lot of like up close kind of scary encounters, so that yeah that that would be kind of freaky. Well, I'd just like to point out to all of our listeners all over the world who listen to us that uh, if the the real reason the Ohio Bigfoot are a little more friendly and accommodating are because they're just like the rest of the Ohio ones. We're all friendly and accommodating. Right, I mean, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Ohioans are cool. Ohioans are cool people. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. Listen, we're trying to sell us, guys. We're trying to sell this to people that <laughs> want to come to Ohio. Even the name, to... um, the name, the name Grassman. Supposedly, like the story behind that was, uh, the settlers were coming through Ohio and they would see these creatures, these big kind of like, uh, hairy creatures, that's kind of hanging out in the grass in the meadows kind of sitting there hanging out and they came to be termed grass man because they were often seen just sitting in the grass you know so even well, that is kind of i mean imagine that though they probably uh, uh the only contact they had with anybody was with the native americans and the native americans probably knew enough to re- i mean from what i can tell revered them as a spiritual type of being and probably left them alone and then all of a sudden you get these you know uh crazy europeans coming and uh you know you're lounging yeah. lounging around days in the grass or over in 
now you're it's in like the they, they didn't have a reason to fear any fear yeah. or hide back then you know maybe maybe that's why they were spotted like that because you know yeah exactly 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 well so camera what's um so what's your next big adventure that you've got planned here once i guess everything gets back to normal or even if it doesn't get back to normal around here what's uh what's, what's your next big project or adventure you want to go on well there's um i've been wanting to well uh, there's a few things i've been wanting to some kind of paranormal type stuff uh paranormal tourism i guess i'd like to do is I've gone to uh, outside Area 51. I've been there a few times, the small town of Rachel. That was like one of my favorite trips ever. But I've been wanting to finally go to Roswell, New Mexico. I've never been there, believe it or not. And um, I've been wanting to go to Roswell for a long time. And I'm really excited about heading out there sometime and seeing the original Roswell craft sites, something I've always wanted to do. So I've been, that's probably my next trip. That's kind of like what I've been wanting to do first. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And I've actually been thinking about, um, I've been doing a lot of research lately on the Russian Almasi, which is like a Russian Bigfoot creature. And although it seems kind of far out there, like I've been really thinking about maybe trying to take a trip to Russia at some point and do a little like in the field research on that because it's, an area a lot of people haven't done much on. I've been wanting to start going all over the world, for sure. Well, you've picked some uh, interesting places to check out, that's say, for sure. I was going to say, going to Russia, right yeah. off the bat, to go... To go. After, I, after I go to Roswell, check out Roswell, then I want to head to Russia and check out <laughs> the Russian Almasi to see if there's anything to it or not. But yeah, I, I don't really know if I'll get to. I guess traveling to Russia is kind of kind of crazy from what I've heard. But I don't know. It's someplace I definitely want to go. I would love to go to Australia and look for the Yowie. The yes. Yowie is another big Bigfoot creature down in Australia. I've always wanted to go down there, too. I definitely have, like, this um, desire to try to, because there's always been this thought that maybe Bigfoot is a creature native to North America, but you've got these other places across the world, like the Orient Pendek in Asia and the Almasti in Russia and the Yowie in Australia, and there's a bunch of other ones. So I'm, I'm really curious to see if these creatures really are seen all over the world. And I would love to visit myself and try to figure that out. Oh, well, that yeah. sounds like uh, sounds like a pretty admirable goal. I hope that uh, I hope that you are able to get to some of those places and uh, definitely come away with some. Because you're in the you're the you're in that young generation, so you can, I think can handle the cell phone quick enough. You know, you're you're at that line where you're you're observing and looking, but you can still handle the cell phone quick enough to get some evidence. Well, I'll tell you're you not, what, yeah, Cameron, I think so. if you uh, if you go to any of these places, Australia, Russia, or even Roswell, New Mexico, you have to make sure you come back and report to us on the From the Shadows podcast. Yeah, I definitely. I think I think that would be fun, and that'd be something I would definitely do. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to tease you, Cameron, 
but Jason and I have been invited to a Bigfoot hotspot in it's in a couple weeks. Uh, actually, I got a text about it tonight. So um, there's been a lot of activity going on in this place that we're we're going to go to. It's supposedly, I, I think I might stay back out in safety, you know, out of harm's way and send Jason in with Jerry um, <laughs> and let them go. But, uh, but it, it, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like I might get to go on my first Bigfoot adventure. Yeah. Well, so. try to, try, try to get some evidence. It's not easy, but if you guys go, you should definitely try to, um, record, you know, have, just like we talked about, have your stuff ready, have like your, I mean, cell phone cameras are just as good nowadays as any other cameras, but you know, you yeah. should, well, we're supposed to try to bring back something. We're supposed to be meeting up with a with a uh, nationally known, renowned Bigfoot Are you guys researcher. Kind of observing then. Well, um, listen, I just gotta be honest with you. The only evidence I'm getting is if I have to go retrieve Jerry's body from the woods. <laughs> so I'll help, I'll help drag it. Out. Wow. I'm, I'm, <laughs> No, yes, to answer you your question. Yes, Cameron, we, we are going to get some evidence. Uh, right now, I know we're going to be working with uh, FLIR cameras, uh, definitely night vision. Um, oh, great. Yeah, we're going to have uh, probably several different um, digital uh, recorders going. And I will have a uh, cup of hot chocolate and a, <laughs> a walkie-talkie so that I can... You guys will be ready, man. You'll be ready. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's real, we're real excited about it. I hope everything continues to come together. And uh, I'm just glad he got that email. That's, see, that's, that's news to me. I, I didn't realize... Well, this is, I haven't talked to you since this morning, Shane, so... Hey, listen... The, the From the Shadows podcast is a very fluid organization here. Everything happens up to the second. You, yes, you know, it it's does. constantly changing. So. Yes, it does. It's very <laughs> dynamic. But it's always so, for the better. So, so Cameron, before we let you go here, let everybody know if they, is, you know, is it just in um, around the Circleville area or do you guys get into... Uh, UFO sightings all over Ohio or even Pennsylvania? Uh, well, basic, uh, be, we, we take, we take reports from, well, basically anybody that comes to us with a report, we'll, we'll take it down, put in our files. But, um, as far as actually investigating really just, I think we, I think we've gone, we've got pretty far as far as in Ohio. So I, I would kind of put the line as if you've had a sighting in Ohio, then we would, definitely investigate it okay so so we encourage it we encourage anybody listening number one if you have a ufo sighting no matter where you're at in the country and you don't know who to contact get a hold of cameron and his group so they can at least get the information into the database that that needs it and then if you're yeah we could do that yeah and then if you're in the ohio area get a hold of Cameron and those guys and they'll come out and maybe do an investigation if it's, if it's deemed worthy, I guess. So Cameron, go ahead and give, give everybody uh, the ways they can get a hold of you and get a hold of your UFO group 
And if they want uh, somebody wants to go you or uh, squatching, and they want you, and they're going to take you along, or if somebody wants to go research some ghosts, if somebody wants to have a expert author write a story about a paranormal experience, how how do they get a hold of you? Um, yeah, as far as the um, our UFO group, um, you can contact us. Um, I myself run our Twitter account. A lot of people on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Round Town UFO. So we're on Twitter there. If you, or if you just type in Round Town UFO Society on Twitter, you'll get us. So yeah, follow us on Twitter. You can contact us through Twitter. Or a lot of people uh, choose to, we have a website, roundtownufosociety.com. You can go there and you can, uh, there's definitely our contact information um, to contact us with any questions. Or if you have a sighting, um, contact us for sure. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Cameron Jones, or um, I'm most active on Twitter as well, uh, at para p-a-r-a underscore mystery so at para underscore mystery you can follow me there um and uh, i uh, also write for sciotopost.com so a lot of times i'll be writing on par- about paranormal topics for the site post so if you want to read any of my stories you can check out sciotopost.com and i think that's about it jeez when, when would you have time for anything more i mean seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty. I guess I'm pretty busy. I guess it's fun. I, I definitely like um, what what I enjoy doing, and um, all of my free time is devoted to kind of like paranormal topics. And it's definitely like like my passion, like what I like and enjoy. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a terrible Circleville pumpkin uh, joke here and say. Cameron, I'm glad you were able to carve out some time <laughs> to uh, to spend with us again and uh, tell us about some of your uh, paranormal and supernatural and cryptid adventures. And uh, I, I just want to thank you because Jason and I had so much fun the first time. Oh yeah, we had it was fun a blast. this time. And and I'm just going to tell you, we're all the whole group, including the Ozark Howler. He's going to make the trip from the Ozarks to next year's Mothman Festival. Because I figure, oh, be great. I figure since we know the number two guy in the world, we might <laughs> might get might have a little juice in Point Pleasant. You know what I'm saying? We might, you know. Yeah, we, we could we could go out to the TNT area and maybe, you know, Oh no, no, wait, 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 wait a second. I just meant like get some free food or something. I didn't mean yeah. I'm going out. <laughs> I'm yeah, going I don't out. want to go out. What are you talking about? I'm not going out out there and maybe run into that. <laughs> no, we'll just anything. leave you in the car, Shane. But the rest of us and our <laughs> investigative wing of the operation, we will go. Gladly. <laughs> Cameron, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I, yeah, I really had fun tonight. I love talking about this kind of stuff, and you guys are really great hosts, and I really enjoy your show. And thank you for having me back. Hey, we appreciate. Keep doing what you're doing because I'm sure that uh, I'm sure you're going to have some more good stories to uh, to share with us sometime mm-hmm. in the future. So, oh, yes. so. So, all right, Cameron. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you later. All right. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, a final word. Please visit us 
on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast and on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. You can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast dot or contribute to our Facebook discussion page called after the shadows and tweet us on our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you all. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. God only knows what's hiding in that shadow. God only knows what's hiding in that shadow. What's hiding in When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.